each of you are saying, what can we do with our experiences to help them minister to somebody in their experiences? And that's what it's about, right? That's what community is supposed to be about. That's what community is supposed to do. And I bet if we stopped right now and I asked the question, who wished that they would have had a mentor or somebody speak to them in their early years, we would all raise our hands, right? Hi, this is Linda Burton. This is Leslie. With Less Talk. Hey, Linda, I'm excited about our guest today. Can you tell me a little bit about who we're going to have on? Yes, it is a person that I love and adore. When she talks, you have to listen. Her name is Faye Johnson. I've known her for, ooh, I don't even know how many years. Our kids was little, so probably 20 years or so. Yeah. It is amazing speaker, like, when she speaks, like seriously, you have to listen. You can really tell that she's speaking wisdom and just her love and passion for people and who God is and how he works in your life is amazing. So I'm glad she's with us today. Awesome. So let's hear what Miss Faye has to share with us today. So thank you for being able, capable, beautiful, superlative members of the kingdom. It's an honor to be with you today. So excited to hear what you have to share with us, Faye. I already hear your heart, and I know our listeners out there are going to really glean a lot from you. So I know you had mentioned to me earlier before we got on about knowing your identity. Can you talk a little bit about that for us? I can. In fact, I'm going to share a little bit of my story with you and how I got to where I am today. So several years ago, and some of you may be able to relate to this, is I looked a little differently than how I look now. So back in the day, think way back in the day, I used to have a figure that people would call a brick house. Anybody remember that song? (laughs) And so my identity was built in my outward appearance. And because my outward appearance was in point, Everything else I thought was in point for me as well. But there's a funny little thing that happens in life. As you get older, my figure that was a brick house started actually kind of looking like an actual house. (laughs) And it sounds funny to hear that now. But to me, it was absolutely devastating. Because what I had built my identity on was my outward figure and my outward appearance. And when I didn't have people look at me anymore, and I became invisible, I became an object of scorn. I became an object of ridicule because of my weight. My self-image plummeted. Now, I loved Jesus with all my heart. I was a member of the choir. I led the women's ministry. I did everything I was supposed to do to minister. But deep down inside, I was broken, and I was lonely. And I was hurt, which eventually led to a mental breakdown. And the Holy Spirit in his mercy rescued me. Mm. And I went to counseling. And on the third time when I left counseling, the Holy Spirit said, did you have a nice time today, honey? I really did. Holy Spirit, thank you so much. Oh, I'm so good because this is the last day you're going to go and see that counselor. And from now on, it's going to be you and me. And I am going to heal you. And when I heal you, you will not be broken again. Wow. 
So at that time, um, have you ever been in a place where you felt like heaven shut up? Yeah. And you couldn't hear anything. And I couldn't hear anything from heaven because of my own brokenness. Mm. And the Lord reminded me of a scripture that said, God is not a man that he would lie. Amen. And I got to thinking about, wait a minute, if God is not a man that he would lie, then what he says in his word is true. And if God says he's not a respecter of persons, then that means that he healed the people in the Bible, he would heal me too. And the Lord in his graciousness and mercy healed my mind and he restored my memory and I was able to function again. So as I began to function, I started thinking, well, what am I gonna do? I, I'm still an object of ridicule. I'm still an object of scorn. And there is nothing beautiful about me. So years ago, I'm going to talk to you a little bit, put my story in hold, and I'm going to talk to you about the power of words. Your words have power. Yes. With your words, you can bless. And with your words, you can curse. So I had a step-grandfather who told me when I was about five years old that I was ugly. I never would have anybody, and no one would ever find me pretty. And I lived under that word curse for years. So much so that when I was in high school, um, if a guy would ask me out, I literally believed that they had made a bet to ask the ugliest girl out at school. And I would say yes. And then they would all laugh and point their fingers at me. That's what I believed. Wow. That was my reality. That was my lens. And that's what I focused out of. Now, here's, here's something amazing, folks. When you become a Christian, yes, you're saved. Yes, you're under the redeeming blood of Jesus. Yes, he's washed your sin white away, white snow. But you still have things you need to be healed from. And although I had functioned beautifully for so many years, all of a sudden, my brokenness led me to wanting to be healed. Mm. So as I was looking at myself, the Holy Spirit had me do an exercise and I was to stand in the mirror in all my natural glory and stand. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, prior to that, what was I saying about myself? No one would want me. I am unlovely and I am unlovable. So I thought, Holy Spirit, what is this about? And he said, just do it. So I did it. And I didn't want to do it one day, two days, three days. I did it week upon week until one day I said it. And here's the next part I want to talk about. I looked up. Wow. And in the mirror, I didn't see someone who was unlovely or unlovable or unwanted. I saw that I was the apple of God's eye. And I really was fearfully and wonderfully made. And that began my journey. Wow. And I started realizing that I had believed the lies of men. I had believed the lies of media. I had believed the lies of people around me. Mm -hmm. Have any of you experienced 
your family members may be the people who can cause the most damage with their words. And that's what happened to me. So instead of believing a word curse, I had to tell myself, then what is the truth? Mm-hmm. And the truth was that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The truth is you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The truth is you are the apple of God's eye. The truth is he will never leave you or forsake you. And the truth is that you are his temple. And once I was able to proclaim the truth over myself, my mindset changed. So scripture tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So here's the question. How do you renew your mind? How do you renew your mind when all your life you made heard messages? How do you renew your mind when you've spoken those messages over your life? I love that you guys are talking about relationship and the greatest relationship that you could ever have is your relationship with Jesus. And to see and experience what he feels about you. So a lot of us go into relationships trying to find somebody. Mm -hmm. Right? The best part of the relationship is that you realize that you are somebody. And that you bring something amazing to the table. That's beautiful. So I had a a gal who was at my house a couple of uh, weeks ago. And she was talking about loneliness. Now, loneliness is one of the most powerful drivers, right? From loneliness, we can make choices. From loneliness, we can choose a relationship. From loneliness... We can find ourselves walking behaviors we never, ever thought or intended to find ourselves in. And she was talking about how lonely she was. And she had friends who who said something. I want you to capture this. Um, For this um, example, we're going to call the lady Diane. Diane had chose to quit her job to stay home and provide full-time care for her mother, which is a noble thing. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that we're upon our parents. But somewhere in there, Diane heard a message that by not working, she didn't have anything to offer anybody. Mm. And so when I asked her about a relationship, I asked her, well, what, what, what do you want to get out of a relationship? What do you value? And she said, well, I really can't say that I value anything because I don't bring anything. I said, well, talk to me about that a little bit. Well, my friends told me, how could I be in a relationship because I don't bring anything to the table? Wow. I said, okay, well, let's talk about what your friends have on the table, right? Because we all have a different idea of what a table should look like. So I asked her this, do you know how to love? Yeah. Do you know how to care? I do. Do you know how to speak words of affirmation? Yeah. Do you know how to build someone up when they're down? Yes. Then you have brought everything to the table that you need. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. So when your identity is in question, 
we see ourselves as not bringing anything to the table. And Jesus says, I've given you everything, not only equipped for the table, but you're allowed to eat from it. That's so, so we'll go back to my story. Yeah. So there I am, staring in the mirror, and I finally realized that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. And I realized it wasn't the outside appearance of my body that counted. It was my heart. And so I had to ask Jesus, well, for all these years, I said, this is who I am. Lord, who am I? Mm. And it sent me on another journey. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in that journey, I learned mm. that I have a voice, mm -hmm. that I'm seen. Yeah. And I'm seen by the people who need to see me. So when you're going through an identity crisis, sometimes you feel that you need everyone to see you. And the person that needs to see you is you. And I had to learn how to see me. Wow. Without shame, without blemish, without fault. I saw myself how Jesus sees me. And so I asked him, Jesus, how do you see me? And he gave me this long list. And it was long. And it sounded like this. I think you're beautiful. I think you're smart. I think you're creative. I think you have flair. I think you have style. I think you care. I think you're passionate. So when you go to your closet, you're not pulling out a red dress. You're pulling out courage. When you go to your closet, you're not pulling on pants. You're putting on my protection and provision. That's how I see you. So imagine, imagine walking through life that way. Mm. And I realized freedom feels good. And that day I decided I was mad. <laughs> I was mad. I was mad that the enemy had ripped me off and I believed it. I was mad that I'd spoken lies over myself. And that was my mindset. Yeah. I was mad that I had robbed myself of friendships and relationships from false conceived ideas. I was mad. And I said, I am not going to come out of this prison just for me. I'm going to take that key and I'm going to open up prison doors for others. And, I, and I'm going to take that righteous anger and I'm going to turn it around to praise for his glorious name. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. So relationship starts with you. Who do you say you are? And then what does Jesus say you are? 
So it's one thing to realize that she believed lies. Does it stop there? When does a liar stop being a liar? When they start telling the truth. So it wasn't enough just to renounce the lies. I had to learn how to put on the truth. So if the enemy came and said, you're a nobody and nobody's gonna ever want you. The truth was, I will never leave you or forsake you. The lie was that I wasn't smart enough. The truth is, is that I have on the mind of Christ. So I had to learn truth replacement therapy. Right? So you recognize the lie, step one. Mm -hmm. You renounce the lie, step two. Mm -hmm. Step three is that you put on the truth. So see, the enemy is pretty tricky, right? And he comes in and he's, he sits on your shoulder like a parrot. And he'll say, I don't think you're smart enough. Pretty soon, because we've had it listening in our ears, start speaking that out. Oh, no, mm -hmm. I can't do that. I'm not smart enough. And you say it over and over and over again. And what do you think starts happening? You start manifesting it. Start manifesting it, right? Right. And when people see you manifesting it, what do you think they're going to have a tendency to do? Manifest it too. All right. right. Feed on it too. They're going to feed on, on it, it, right? They're going to capitalize on it. They're going to feed on it. And then that's when victimization sets it. Wow. That's good. You've become a victim of the original lie that the enemy has spoken in your ear. You become a victim by your tongue of speaking it out. And then your eye gate gets impacted because you're seeing how other people treat you. Mm -hmm. Then when you start treating yourself as an honored vessel of God, because you're really speaking his truth, that's when people are going to start speaking the truth about you. That's good. Right? So um, I had to start taking thoughts captive. Mm -hmm. And... I thought, well, okay, so how do I take a thought captive? Well, you got to recognize what the truth is. Well, how do I recognize the truth? Well, how's your reading going? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? So we have an amazing voice of power and authority in the Bible. And you know what's funny, Leslie and Linda, and maybe you guys can help me with this question. Why is the voice of the media more powerful than the word of God. Wow. Why is the voice of people you have very minimal interaction with more powerful than the voice of God? That's true. I think it's because we don't recognize his voice. Yeah. So scripture tells us that my sheep will hear my voice. It's not you might. A couple of days you will. My sheep will hear my voice. Yes. So in order to recognize the voice of God, we've got to learn how to recognize his voice. 
So I'm going to paint a picture for you. Imagine you have been invited to a party. Somebody you love and adore, and they invite you to a party, and you come. And the place is packed. The music is bumping. People are laughing. And you walk in, and you can't see the person who invited you. So something starts happening inside of you, right? Mm -hmm. You might be feeling some fear, right? Yeah. Some, maybe some nervousness, maybe some trepidation. And you can't see them. And, and everything's going on and your senses are distracted. And all of a sudden, you hear the voice. You hear the voice wow. of the person who invited you. And through all the chaos and all, all the things going on, you keep heading towards that voice. And as you get closer and closer and closer, their features start having an amazing recognition to your eye gate. And your heart's beating a little faster. You stand a little straighter because you recognize the voice of the one who invited you. And then you see them. And you're standing face to face. Wow. And that same place where you had invited that all the loud noises were crowding in, it starts fading because you're face to face with the one who invited you. That's how we need to feel about the voice of God. There are tons of voices right now pressing in from all sides and ways and streams. But if you keep pressing in to the voice that invited you, the other voices start diminishing and you start hearing the voice of your beloved. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Faye, I can just sit at your feet all day. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. I just you painted a picture for me that really showcases the love of the father and how important it is to have a relationship with him. Not just like the old people used to say head knowledge. It's something right. that comes from an intimacy that's only birthed through spending time with them. Right. I'm loving it. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. I don't want to interrupt yeah. you. Keep going. Oh, no, no, no. I love that. I love that. I love that. And so, and it's true. Um, it is intimacy. So, so intimacy, just like loneliness, loneliness will be a powerful driver, but it's always craving more. Mm. Intimacy will reach satisfaction. That is good. So when I became intimate with the Lord and who he created me to be, there became a satisfaction of who I was and why I was created. Because we're all created for a purpose. That's right. And it's the enemy's duty to rob you of that. So, so I'm going to give you guys a quick little tip, right? So when the enemy comes in and he says... You're not this, you're not that, you will never be. Because he usually starts with that stuff, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. See, I don't, 
I don't have time for that because I'm taking my thoughts captive. And so I say to him, who are you to tell me that I'm not enough? Because I'm a child of God and I have a place in heaven and you don't. I believe you got kicked out. So a kicked out being can't be the one who's going to define who I am. That's right. So, so, so when the kicked out being comes in and he tries to tell you that you are not enough, remember he's been kicked out. That's right. And you've been invited in. Oh, wow. Right? So, so when Jesus, when he went to the cross for us, Right? And his blood was shed and his body was broken for us. Right, right before that, he says, I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. And he wrote your invitation right then and there. And on the cross, with his victorious resurrection, and he conquered death, hell, and the grave, he sent out the invitation. Mm. <laughs> and he said, all you have to do is open it. Wow. All you have to do is open it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the place where we pray from. Mm -hmm. Right? So, so sometimes when we're in a tough space, we pray to a descendant God. Mm-hmm right? Mm -hmm. So Ephesians, in the books of Ephesians, in, in chapter four, it's, it reminds us, wait, wait, wait. You're, you're not talking to a descended God. You are talking to the ascended one. Yes, yes, it's yes. It's the yes. ascended one. Yes. Who are you are in relationship with. Yeah. And so the ascended one, that very victorious one, who conquered death, grave, and hell, has a relationship all ready for you. Yeah. And he says, come to me, all who are heavy laden, mm -hmm. and I will give you what? A rest. Yes, yes, yes. Don't you get tired when we're struggling with identity? Yeah. Don't you get weary? It's like chasing your tail, like a it's dog like that chases It's like chasing your tail. tail. It's, it's chasing the wind and, and, and feeling like you're never going to catch it. Mm -hmm. But Jesus says, wait, wait, wait. You can find rest by listening, sitting at my feet, mm -hmm. and walking in who you are. So... Who does the Bible tell us that we are? Right? Right? We're more than conquerors. Mm -hmm. We're the salt of the earth. We're friends of God. Yeah. How powerful is that? How powerful to one who felt like they didn't have anybody and then realize you have a friend? Yeah. And scripture tells us that. I don't know. I don't no longer call you slaves. I call, I call you friend. Call you friend. Yeah. So I think it's important that you learn how to be your friend. Invite yourself out for lunch. 
Invite yourself out to go shopping. Yes, yes, yes. So, So now I've got this revelation and I know who I am. And so when I get up in the morning, I'm like, Holy Spirit, what color do you want to wear today? Wow. I'm feeling red. How about you? And when I dressed, I wasn't dressing for man to see me as lovely. I was dressing because I was clothed in righteousness. That's good. I'm dressing because I'm clothed in provision. That's good. Clothed in power. I'm clothed in authority. Yeah. I'm clothed in courage. Now, Faye, tell me this. Talk about that little girl that you made reference to at the beginning. How did that little girl come to know who she is in Christ now? So, so when it comes to relationships and intimacy, I want you guys to imagine, for those of you who may have raised children or nieces or nephew, or you have a relationship with a child and they're very young, and, and they are, they've been given a precious name, right? So we'll use Faye in this example. And so I'm, I'm a little girl. Um, I don't really know who I am. And I hear my mother say, Faye, come to me. And I'm looking around and I don't come because I don't realize I'm Faye. <laughs> and then she looks in my face and she says, Faye, come to me. And not only now, I realize, oh, my name is Faye. I realized that I could get close and intimate to the person who's calling me. It's the same with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, come to me. And we say, I don't know who I am. He says, come to me, and I'm going to teach you your name. And we come. And not only do we learn our name, we learn his. So for for the young girl, Faye, who believed those lies, I I thought, all right, if I am fearfully and wonderfully made and my identity isn't just based on my looks, what's my identity based in? Right? So I had to go to... Jesus and say, okay, what's, what's my identity based in? Okay, great question. Who am I to you? Well, you're my savior. Okay, what else? Well, you're my Lord. Okay, that's good. What else? Well, you're the conquering king. Okay, what else? You're the courage giver. Okay, what else? Remember that long list I was telling you about? And he said, that's you. Wow. My characteristics are in you. Wow. Right? That's what the gospel is about. That's right. So I realized, wow, that that's that's who I am in him. Mm-hmm. And it's not just enough for me to know. Now it's I need to do. Wow. I need to lead others in that. Yeah. So it set me out on this whole freedom trail. Mm. So I saw it healing and I, some of those people like so-so. So as I pressed in for my healing, uh, this was before there were so many great healing ministries that were about. And I pressed and I pressed and I pressed 
And, and I thought, wait, I'm pressing for a reason. I'm pressing. There, there, there's truth out there and I need to find it. Yeah. So I realized that I had learned a lot of incorrect messages. I had believed a lot of lies. I had uh, made handshake deal with those lies. So, so imagine this. Um, have any of you been at a wedding and you hear and the two shall be as one? Yes. Anybody? You might have heard that at your own wedding, right? Okay. So people don't tell you when the two shall be as one. Well, you come along with some family stuff. That's right. So maybe <laughs> in your family, there's been a history of uh, maybe abuse, maybe alcoholism, uh, uh, maybe fighting, uh, maybe... Um, uh, uh, financial instability, right? And that comes through on maybe your father's side. And then maybe on your mother's side, it comes. So is it really the two shall be as one? It really is. You're bringing a lot of stuff into the two. That's right. <laughs> You're right. So, so I realized that I had brought a lot of stuff. And so I had to learn how to get rid of some soul ties. Yes. So um, uh, uh, the ties that bind can be good. We could have some really good soul ties uh, to, to our, our parents or maybe figures we've respected and we've honored. But we can have some bad soul ties too because of experiences we've walked through. Um, some of us may have felt um, some um, spiritual abuse. Some of us may have uh, had um, um, uh, before marriage encounters with others than our partners. Yeah. And we bring all of that into the relationship. And so I realized I've got to cut some soul ties off. Mm -hmm. So I had some good ones, but I had some bad ones. So I had to learn how to get rid of that little girl. I had to get rid of some of those soul ties. Yeah. And some of the soul ties were walking in word curses that yeah. my step-grandfather. So I had to I had to break off those negative soul ties yeah. and tell them you can't have any more claim in my life because now I'm a hearer of the truth, a proclaimer in the truth, and then I walk in truth. I love it. I, I love it. it. So, it. so, uh, as uh, time went on, I was asked by a pastor to attend so-so training. Wow. And um, from there, I uh, learned how to walk in so-so ministry, which I currently do today at my church, oh, wow. which is Cucamonga Christian Fellowship in Cuc Ranch Cucamonga, California. Um, I also um, facilitated a ministry at another church called Living Waters for a very long period of time. And currently, I've gone back to school at the age of 61. I started school for a master's degree awesome. uh, through Wagner University, and it's in healing and deliverance. Wow. And um, so I felt like that um, after school, there is a, there's a gap for people like me mm -hmm. who may have been in counseling or can't afford counseling or should go to counseling, but they, they don't know what to do. Yeah. And, um, and counseling might not be the road for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and so I want to bring back the art of discipleship and mentoring. Oh, wow. 
so with my degree, I'm going to be counseling, discipling, and mentoring people who are in the gap, people who uh, have heard everything and uh, feel like they have a level of healing, but they're not quite ready to walk it out on their own. Yeah. Yeah. They need someone to help them walk them through principles and um, learning who they are in Christ and 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 learning how to um, walk with a different set of eyes. And I feel like that's what the Lord has called me to do. So um, hopefully I'll be graduating in March. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, Faye. I love it. I love it. I love to hear this story of triumph. Yes. This is amazing how yeah. the Lord has taken you from that little girl to now that woman who's able to go back and help those little girls and other people too. Yes. And that's yeah. what it's all about, Linda. This is about relationships and not only relationships with others but relationships with yourself relationship with the lord and now being able to bring healing in other people's lives i'm i'm just in awe Faye. i'm yeah. totally in awe everything that you've shared with us linda where did you find this diamond <laughs> she's amazing you would think this is her career her profession and it's yeah. like no you know it's like no and that's the thing and she helped me with so many women of, of different groups and different things that i have done and anytime somebody needs a speaker is like hey i know this girl she is she her god speaks to her like you can actually know it and so i know they you are willing to speak for other people and different things like that so i want to leave that open on this podcast too um, because it's not her career yet, they can call us or contact us. And then until you realize this is your gift <laughs> and you're meant to travel the world, they can respond here and then we'll give them the contact number to give to you or connect you as soon as you have a, a public Facebook or something like that. So people can just follow you into where God is setting you to be, you know, hopefully like you said, March, I think it is. So March. Yeah. 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 So yeah. March, you guys look and see what's <laughs> going to happen and what doors God's going to open for her because I really see something amazing. And she, I mean, like, it's like I said, when she speaks, you just want to listen. You, you can't yeah. just want to listen. Yeah. I was taking notes. I just want you to know. I was, <laughs> if you notice, I was looking down because I was taking <laughs> <laughs> I was too. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I didn't hear that part before. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's the same thing that fits that person. And I think that's amazing. And everybody can't do that. You usually hear the people say the exact same thing again. No, she fits that person. And I love that. And, and that's a skill and a talent that, whew, not that not many people, people have. have. That's true. No, not a lot of people have it. And I agree with Linda Faye and I just see new doors opening up for you. Mm -hmm. and, and I have to say this, if you like what you heard, and I know you did, because I definitely did, and I know Linda did as well, please be sure to hit the like button, subscribe to this channel so you can get more messages like the ones that Faye just poured out to us. Because trust me, there are women, there are men, there are people on the other side, Faye, that need to hear what you've just shared with us. Because this is what it's all about. It's about life's lessons. And we learned a lesson today. 
Yeah. And it's about laughter and it's about love because the ultimate goal is to do what? Make relationships that last. Right, right. If I could just beg a little moment. Um, so I want to talk to you, audience, because what Linda and Leslie are doing, there are not many people out there who are opening their door like these amazing women are doing. So, so I want to leave you with this. It's, it's Psalms 24, and it says this. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and all they that dwell within. That's you. Mm. you. You are the dwellers within. And as that psalm progresses, it says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up the everlasting doors and the king of glory will come in. Amen. Who is this king of glory? He's the Lord mighty in battle. Amen. What these ladies are doing is helping you lift up your heads. Yeah. So the king of glory can come in. Oh, that's good. Yes. So I, I bless you guys. Thank you for being vessels of his glory and you carry it well. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. So until next time, I hope you are blessed like we were and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye everyone.